0: hey guys thanks for joining me on my podcast relatable me for those who might be new to my podcast this space is where you get to hear my raw and honest experiences and thoughts that hopefully some of you guys might find relatable today i'm bringing you part two of my fundamental truths So if you haven't heard the first one, feel free to go back and check it out. I've learned these truths from different life experiences or situations I've found myself in, and they serve as a reminder for me to go back to basics when I'm feeling lost or in a really hard place in my life. They've really helped ground me when I've been struggling with different challenges and reminded me of what's really important. So if this sounds like something you want to hear, pull up a chair, get comfy, and let's chat. Just a quick disclaimer before I continue, these are my own personal thoughts and experiences that I'm sharing with you. I am not in any way an expert. This is Mature Content for Mature Listeners. Have you ever been wronged or hurt by someone in your life? Maybe an ex-partner cheated or a friend let you down once to even multiple times. Maybe a family member or members never supported you in the way you needed. Or maybe you had been lied to continuously by someone you cared for. If you're really lucky, maybe you've experienced all of these situations. As a result of this hurt, how many of us go through at least one of these experiences and then hold on to grudges like our lives depend on it. Ladies, I'm talking to you. We can all remember that one time when your partner did that thing five years ago on the 26th of whenever at exactly o'clock and they were wearing this or doing this and it pissed you off. You bookmarked that moment in your head so that later on you could go back and reference that moment. Typically in an unprovoked situation, Maybe you're out at dinner, and before you know it, you're having it out with them, reminding them for the 74th time exactly how they wronged you, not just that one time, but all of the times before and after, because why not make a night of it? And despite the fact that they might have said sorry, it was a half-hearted sorry, so you Keep reminding them until you get one that you deem mm, acceptable. Or maybe you never got one at all. Ladies, who can relate? I am hands down guilty for this one myself. My husband will be minding his own goddamn business and we're having a good time and then it's like something inside me snaps. My brain goes, hey, do you know what'll be fun? To pull out this old book from the library of memories and relive this one thing that he did that time. And while we're at it, let's bring up every shitty little thing that he's ever done because, well, honestly, because I'm a glutton for punishment. We ladies are suckers for pain. We pull out the big guns thinking that we can aim and shoot his ass down or whoever else has wronged us. But Every time that we load that gun with our hurt and pain and bookmarked memories of wrongs, that shit backfires. It might hurt the person you're aiming at a little, but it hurts you a whole lot more every time. And all that ends up happening is we hold onto it like a hot piece of coal, burning our own hand before we can even throw it at them we pine for an apology that will take the hurt away. And truthfully, a lot of the time, the apology we wait for never comes. Or it's never good enough. And then what happens is it starts to eat you up as a person, making you bitter, twisted, and angry. And before you know it, Resentment is knocking at your door, wanting to be good mates. And when you look at the person who has upset you, the worst thing is happening. They are still continuing to live their lives unapologetically, not bothered by your pain or hurt, blissfully unaware of the anguish that is going on inside you. And in that moment, you have a choice. To continue being mad and letting that destroy your happy, or forgive that person without an expectation on ever getting an apology. Not for them, but for you. Bringing me to my first fundamental truth you don't have to wait for an apology to forgive. You see, Life goes a lot smoother once you let go of grudges and forgive even those who never said they were sorry. Grudges let negative events from your past ruin your today's happy. It's really easy to get caught up in a cycle of blaming others who have hurt you in the past, but by doing this, we slip ourselves into a victim mentality and can often lose sight of ourselves in the process. Negative emotions associated with holding on to a grudge create a stress response in your body and holding on to stress can have devastating health consequences, as well as acting like a parasite that leeches the joy from your life, creating a circle of negativity that follows you wherever you go, like your own personal rain cloud. We get so caught up in these emotions and the hurt that we often forget that we are still very much accountable in this situation accountable for our emotions our mentality and most importantly our actions we can't control or change the actions of others but we get caught up in the idea that maybe we can influence them or make them wish that they'd never done it. But the thing is, we will never feel truly satisfied with that response because the fact of the matter is what's done is done. We focus so much on trying to change the outcome through the other person instead of changing the only thing that we have control of in the situation, us. When we realize that the change must come from us, we relinquish their control that we have inevitably given them. You see, when you forgive someone, it doesn't condone their actions. It simply frees you from being their eternal victim, giving you back control over the way you feel and your ability to move on from the situation. The hardest part about this process is not forgiving them, but the change that is required from you to do so. Bringing me to my next truth, change is inevitable. Embrace it. The funny thing about change is it is never easy. And often in the beginning, does it rarely feel good? change often invokes fear and like i said in part one of this podcast fear requires us to be uncomfortable unsure to take risks but also asks us to face the very thing that keeps us stuck we constantly deal with change in our everyday lives and majority of the time without any real issue like going to a different grocer than your local or eating at different restaurants. It's when we are faced with the bigger changes that requires us to get out of our comfort zone that we find the most distressing. If a certain change requires us to analyse ourselves or our situation, it can bring up anxieties, insecurities and negative self-talk that often we feel unequipped to deal with. So we continue on doing the same things we were before and getting the same results. Until something gives. Often, frustration is the leading hand for this, as it gives us a good old kick up the bum that we sometimes need. I am currently going through a lot of change in my life right now. Almost every part of it is shifting and transforming, and it's full of really wonderful opportunities. But nonetheless, it is change, it is hard, and honestly, I'm shit scared. I am so blessed to have been able to take a year of maternity leave to be with my sons as a stay-at-home mum and in my opinion, it is the most challenging, unappreciated and underpaid job out there. I've absolutely loved watching them grow so much and I'm astounded every day by the things that they do, both good and bad. I've completely immersed myself in my children, but like most, if not all parents, I wanted to be able to provide more for them. And I knew within myself that if I'm going to spend the rest of my life encouraging them to take chances and risks and to go after the things that they want and break their comfort zones, I needed to lead by example. So very terrified and anxiety-ridden, I applied for my dream job that I never in a million years thought I would ever get. I focused solely on the positive implications it would not only have for me, but for my family as well. And much to my surprise, I got the job. Cue first big change. (laughs) Now, as excited as I am to start and to have been given this opportunity, I'm also petrified to my core because this big change brings with it many other changes that are equally as significant and I currently feel like I'm just being smashed by an avalanche of change and it's scary. My new job is full-time and both my boys have just started daycare. Truthfully, it's not going great for them or for me. Actually, you know what, to be quite frank, it's fucking traumatizing and I don't know how other people do it or why there aren't more parents walking around bawling their eyes out like I am. I have to constantly remind myself that this change is for the better, despite the fact that I feel guilty every day for abandoning them. And they feel upset every day because, well, I abandoned them. To top this sweet cherry off, both of my children are currently in the height of separation anxiety, and I've never been away from them for more than a couple of hours on the rare occasion. I have to deal with the fact that I'm going to have to do that uncomfortable process of finding out who I am as an individual again since I no longer have my children to hide behind. And I have to establish myself in a new role, a new environment, surrounded by new people and try to make new friends or allies in the workforce which in itself requires change because i'm a social hermit so new situations with large groups of people are a really hard thing for me and they're not at the top of my to-do list by choice i am for the most part really good at faking it but on the inside Every inch of my being is wanting to crawl into itself and disappear. This is how change makes me feel. I want to avoid it like the plague where possible and the whole process from start to finish scares me because it is the unknown. I'm really comfortable with my life right now and I know the ins and outs of how my world operates and... Anything beyond that feels like a journey into the abyss. But I know that in order for things to change for myself and my family, I have to give in and trust the process. Maybe even see if I can enjoy bits of it. Obviously, daycare drop-off is never going to be on that list. But pickup definitely is. These changes are also mean that I'm having to change my mentality and challenge negative thoughts or doubts I'm having along the way by focusing on the positive outcomes of this whole life shift I'm in. For instance, even though my children really hate going to ch- daycare and both ball their eyes out every morning, with my eldest begging me to take them home, when when I pick them up, even though one of them is often crying when they see me, the moments that follow... Are absolutely beautiful for once we've had time to miss each other and I've had time to appreciate them the excitement to see both of them and vice versa is incomparable to any other reunion and the hugs we have are full of love and gratitude for one another This wave that I'm currently riding with all its ups and downs have reminded me that it's only when you embrace change can you find the good in it. You need to have an open mind and open arms if you're going to recognize and capitalize on the opportunities that change creates. You're bound to fail when you keep doing the same things you've always done in the past in hopes that ignoring change will make it go away. After all, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Life doesn't stop for anyone. When things are going well, appreciate them and enjoy them, as they're bound to change too. If you're always searching for something more, something better that you think is going to make you happy. You'll never be present enough to enjoy the great moments before they're gone. Speaking of great moments, how hard is it these days to be present in the current moment with how busy our lives are, I feel like we're also focused on what we have to do or what we've forgotten to do that often we take a lot of moments for granted. I'm especially guilty of this. My mind is constantly buzzing back and forth between future anxieties or past mistakes that I often forget to just take a look around and concentrate on the now. Honestly, no wonder why I'm forgetful and even at times ungrateful for what I have. Like I said before, I've just started a new job and after a year of being on maternity leave, this has triggered me to think about this a lot lately. I had an amazing year with my kids, lapping up all of their firsts and news, and it was great, but then over time, this funny thing started to happen. It wasn't instantaneous. It was definitely a gradual thing But slowly and surely I started to get distracted. My mind started to wander, and before I knew it, I was focused on all things insignificant to those moments, such as getting caught up in moments past. Like how I had been really short with my eldest son a couple of days prior when he was having a meltdown, and how poorly I had reacted in the situation to freaking out about home renovations that I wanted to do in the future. And trying to figure out finances in my head, whether or not I could afford it. All while my kids are trying to engage with me in the present moment. And the worst thing is, I was getting frustrated at them. Frustrated that they were trying to pull me back into the present where they were, right before my eyes. Bringing to light my next truth, live in the moment. This became an ongoing trend and unfortunately it got worse and I began to find it harder and harder to just be present with them. And before I knew it, almost everything else became a priority. My washing was all of a sudden really important to get done because even though our drawers were still full, we might run out of clean clothes and the kitchen had to be spotless, and floors had to be vacuumed because someone might judge me as being a mother of two who clearly isn't coping because, Lord forbid, there's a crumb on the floor. And I would beat myself up over the tiniest and dumbest things instead of just focusing on what I had accomplished for the day. And in doing so, I was feeling really unhappy because it felt like no matter how hard I tried, I was never making a difference. This carried on for months until I finally got my start date and the reality kicked in. I realized what I had been doing for the last few months and how I'd forgotten to cherish and take advantage of the time I had at home. Most importantly I had forgotten why I was at home to begin with. I then began to beat myself up over The guilt and how bad I was for not just focusing on the kids and not realizing that the house wasn't going to fall apart if I didn't clean it for a day. And that if I hadn't done it that day, it would be there for me another day anyway. I got so caught up on trying to keep on top of and up with and in front of my housework I essentially created more work for myself, taking away my attention from what was really important in those moments. My kids. I realized I was unhappy because my mind was constantly everywhere else, but where it needed to be. This was exactly what I needed to pull my head in and see that I was never going to get these precious memories and time back with them because I could do housework till I'm blue in the face and it will always return. I can always go to work and make money, but I can never buy my time back with them. It was in that moment I decided that I was no longer going to be an absent mum, but I was going to make every moment prior to starting work with them count. It didn't matter to me what we did or didn't do, as long as I was there, not just physically but mentally and emotionally. What I found also was they responded unsurprisingly well with this newfound attention and both of their behaviours greatly improved. I was having less meltdowns from my toddler, less sleeping issues, and they both seemed more settled. I had realized that because I failed to be mindful about the fact that I wasn't going to be at home forever and they weren't always going to be this little, I honestly took it for granted and became comfortable and ungrateful at the amazing blessing that I had been given. But I am so glad that I came to the realization sooner rather than later. I am now back at work full time. And the reality of it is kicking in. I see my kids in the morning, which I'm sure all you parents listening know how fun that is, especially while you're trying to get yourself ready for the day. Followed by a really stressful, traumatising childcare drop-off, which always ends in tears from all parties. And then I'm at work for majority of my day. Thankfully, I love my job and the people I work with before going back to daycare and picking up children who resemble the tired, cranky kids that I dropped off earlier. And then I have to come home to do the mad rush for dinner, bath time and bedtime, while contending with tears and meltdowns from two very exhausted children. Only resulting in a mere three hours a day with my babies. But... Even though those hours are full of tears and tantrums, you're also filled with lots of love, attentiveness, and the sweetest bedtime cuddles where I am so beyond present with them, giving them my all, giving them my best, giving them me. You can't reach your full potential until you learn to live your life in the present. No amount of guilt can change the past, and no amount of anxiety can change the future. It's impossible to be happy if you're constantly somewhere else, unable to fully embrace the reality, good or bad, of this very moment. To help yourself live in the moment, you must do two things. Number one, accept your past. If you don't make peace with your past, it will never leave you. And in doing so, it will create your future. Number two, accept the uncertainty of the future. Worry has no place in the here and now. As Mark Twain once said, worrying is like paying a debt you don't owe. I have plenty of worry to go around but it is something that I'm slowly trying to get rid myself of. Unnecessary worry and self-imposed anxiety. Do you ever feel like sometimes if you are a warrior by nature wondering why the hell you torture yourself with extra unnecessary anxiety? This year has been the year of shifting my thoughts to more positive, purposeful ones and really challenging my fears and anxieties that I have allowed to hold me captive in the past. I used to believe that because of everything I've been through that life couldn't possibly get any better for me and I constantly felt like a victim, a slave almost to my experiences and for a lot of my teenage years and early 20s, I felt like I had been massively wronged and the world had somehow conspired against me to ensure that I was never going to get anywhere worth going. I felt like all the odds were stacked against me and it was easier, more comfortable and less confronting to give in to these thoughts. And honestly, looking back with a mindset like that, No wonder why I wasn't really getting anywhere or achieving anything, because the biggest hurdle I had to face was myself. Now once again, with a lot of hard work, dedication, and learning to cope better with changes and facing my fears and anxieties, I can truly say with all of my heart that I am living my best life. Not by chance or circumstance, but by creating it bringing me to my next truth. You're living the life you've created. Like I said, this year was all about going for things and trying new experiences completely out of my comfort zone because the more I challenge those fears and anxieties, the less a pain in the ass they will become and I will no longer be a victim to my mind. But I will also be able to be brave enough to work towards what I want and where I want to be. You see, the new job I have was always the ultimate end game. It was always a dream for me, but I never had the belief in myself to go for it, and somewhat assumed that in good time, it may come to me. In some ways, I suppose it did, but even when it was presented to me i honestly freaked out and spent a whole 2 weeks talking myself down and letting all of my negative thoughts went thoughts that i could never possibly get the job or even be considered thoughts that i wasn't good enough because i felt undereducated on paper even though i had the utmost confidence in what i had to offer in my brain the truth was i was scared I was scared of failure, of rejection, of change. But I was afraid that because I wanted it so bad, that I possibly couldn't have it because that's what my life experiences had ended in majority of the time. I was scared that I didn't deserve a good life and that it was always going to be hard. One morning, I sat having my coffee, overthinking everything and as usual, it snapped. My faulty light bulb finally turned on and I said to myself, why not? Why not me? Why don't I deserve to at least give it a go? What's the worst thing that could happen right now? So in that moment before my could pipe up I went and started the application for this job my mind was racing 100 miles an hour while trying to fill out the application but I kept pushing it honestly took me three days and me asking family members and friends for their thoughts on my application but finally I decided to just submit it I thought about it every day practically daydreaming about how much this was going to change mine and my family's life and how grateful I would be if I could just have this one shot. Weeks and weeks passed and I finally heard that I had been invited for an interview. I kept trying to be positive and telling myself that I had it in the bag. And then I had my interview and it went awful absolutely tits up, and I cried at the end of it. Thankfully, it was in regards to one of the responses I had got to a question that I had asked about, but still, poor form. I walked out feeling absolutely defeated and absolutely flat because I felt like I could have done so much better if I hadn't let my anxiety get in the way. I resigned myself to getting used to the idea that I was going to have to go back to my old job and that it wasn't meant for me. Fast forward a couple of weeks and I received a phone call that literally changed my life and I got the job. In that moment, I was completely in shock and disbelief that I could have possibly gotten this job. My mind was still trying to figure out how I was worthy of such an opportunity until I realized I do deserve this. I have worked hard in every aspect of changing myself and my circumstances from the fragile broken girl to a strong young woman. And I had made decisions to make something better of myself and to get to where I wanted to be. I realized that this wasn't by chance but by the actions that I had taken to change my circumstances. I had actively participated in my own life and its decisions to live the life that I have created instead of falling victim to all of the challenges that I've faced. So, as a reminder, you are not a victim of circumstance. No one can force you to make decisions and take actions that run contrary to your values and aspirations. The circumstances you're living in today are your own. You created them. Likewise, your future is entirely up to you. If you're feeling stuck, it's probably because you're afraid to take the risks necessary to achieve your goals and live your dreams. When it's time to take action, remember that it's always better to be at the bottom of the ladder you want to climb than at the top of one you don't. The last place you want to be in life is stuck. Stuck in a job you hate, stuck in limbo, stuck waiting for others to make decisions for you. why is that you may ask? Because life is short. This is my last fundamental truth and it is one that is well known and widely talked about but how often do we truly understand the meaning and the power behind it? We can all become comfortable living in our day-to-day routines and lives just riding the wave of life but How often do we truly take the time to think about this statement and compare it to our own lives and ask, are we living the best life, doing all things that we aspire for ourselves? Most people who I've spoken to have not come to this realization and been able to put it in perspective until they have lost someone close. This is the truth for me. You see, in 2018, I lost someone very near and dear to me. She was my cousin, but she was also far more than that. She was my childhood friend, my partner in crime, the yin to my yang, my soul sister. She was also my best friend. She was a light that this world desperately needed with a smile that radiated wherever she went and a laugh that was absolutely contagious everyone knew her or wanted to know her wherever she went and she absolutely loved and adored so many people who felt the same way about her i always used to admire her courage and confidence she was an absolute go-getter who always wanted to push herself and she worked really hard towards her dreams she was never idle constantly filling her time with all of the things that mattered to her like her friends family culture study or work and she was one person who really knew what she wanted from her life when she had graduated from uni I spoke to her and told her how proud I was of her for going after her dreams and absolutely crushing it. I told her how the world better watch out for her sheer presence and her personality was enough to demand change and how she achieved exactly what she'd set out for. She then told me that she felt the same way about me because I'd had my son and my family, which I had so desperately craved for growing up. And honestly, I felt a little inadequate speaking to her because I felt like I had achieved nothing compared to what she had. Then she reminded me that when we were teenagers about one of our many deep life conversations and how no matter what we achieve in life, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make us truly happy. And it's not helping us get to where we want to be. And then, most importantly, who we want to be. You see, she always knew what she wanted education wise and where she wanted to go. Whereas I hadn't quite figured that out for myself. My passions and dreams were much more simpler. I wanted a husband who loves me, and I wanted a family to give me undivided love and who I could reciprocate that to with the added bonus of being able to nurture. I never realised that she was just as proud of me because I had achieved the thing that I had dreamed about the most, and she knew how important that was to me. Sadly, her life was cut short in a terrible accident, and I still remember that moment like it was yesterday. The world didn't stop but it slowed down. It felt like I was frozen watching everything pass me by and I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't be. I asked myself all the usual grieving questions like, why her? Why now? I kept repeating to myself that it wasn't her time yet and she had so much more to give this world. On that day, the world looked a lot less brighter than it did when she was here. Grief is one of the hardest processes to go through and I constantly ask if there is some way that I can make it easier. But I've learned to see the beauty in grief. It makes us face hard truths and teaches us to adjust accordingly. And it gets us to reflect on their life and learn from it. Facing it head on is the only way to loosen its grip and become familiar with our emotions that we too often try to push aside. I cried every day for a year and I still think of her daily, but thankfully now I can think of her and not break down in hysteria, but when I do think of her, I smile because of what her life has not only taught me, but reminded me. She taught me that to live a life that is worth something, I have to be willing to go out and make it. If I want a life that I love, I need to face my fears and anxieties and push past them. If I want to live a life that is meaningful, then I must step beyond my comfort zones and strive for change. Most of all, if I want to make her proud, I must make the most of my life that I have in order to honour hers. You see, she didn't just live life, she actively participated in it. And she lived her life knowing that it was short, and she took every opportunity she could to ensure that her life was full of all the things that she loved and cared about. She reminded me to do that for myself and to make the most of the life I have been given. After all, none of us are guaranteed a tomorrow. Yet, when someone dies unexpectedly, it causes us to take stock of our own life. What's really important? How we spend our time and how we treat other people. Loss is raw. A visceral reminder of the frailty of life. It shouldn't be. Remind yourself every morning when you wake up that each day is a gift and you're bound to make the most of the blessings you've been given. The moment you start acting like life is a blessing is the moment it will start becoming one. After all, a great day begins with a great mindset. So, To you, Miss Erica Jones, if you are listening somewhere in the universe, thank you. I miss you. I love you. And this is for you. This brings me to the end of my fundamental truths. I hope you enjoyed listening and most of all, I hope you're able to relate in some way or another. If you have enjoyed listening so far, please stay tuned for another episode of Relatable Me coming soon.